I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back in. It is our fourth and final hour here on VSIN Bet Center, getting you ready for your week 18 of the National Football League. Back with Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. We got the Greg Peterson experience coming up next, Adam. You're excited to. Who's the host of that show? Uh, I got to wait. Oh, uh, Greg, Greg Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. The Greg Peterson experience. What? Good show. Greg, no, Greg does fine work with college basketball. Very, very fine. He handicaps work. every game. He does. I mean, every, every game. Right. Yeah, we're, we're not kidding. Like, every literally game. every single game. Uh, those podcasts are four or five hours long. Uh, Coast to Coast Hoops is the associated podcast with that you can find in our uh, VEASAN family of podcasts. You're, I mean, you and Greg have a lot in common. You're a da- I mean, you write a daily newsletter for us. My, my writing fingers stopped working the second I got my collegiate diploma. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. I don't know. I've just always been a writer. Okay. That's second, easy... second major in college was history, which I believe is also the same for Jeff Parles, correct? Uh, yeah. yeah. Really? Now that you mentioned it. Yeah. I, I don't you... know how I knew that. I'm not. I have no idea how I knew that, but huh, interesting. We're gonna are, turn this into a Jeff Parles trivia. Yeah, you block. guys are talking about some deep, deep stuff here, uh, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff normally uh, on this show, but he was uh, hosting our Point Spread Saturday show uh, very, very early this morning here on the West Coast. So we got Adam uh, stepping in. Been a been a blast hanging out with you so, with you so far, Adam. We still have a few more games to preview before we get in to our best bets for Week 18 in the NFL. Uh, let's go to the NFC East. Actually, we'll do a couple of games in the NFC uh, featuring games that really mean uh, absolutely, positively nothing. But we're a betting show, we're a betting network, and we like to bet on every possible thing. So we will try to do that with the Washington football team taking on the New York Giants. Finally saw the point of at least, I mean, some people buying low on on the Giants earlier today. Ticked down to six and a half for a moment. Washington was bet up pretty quickly earlier this week, up to a seven-point favorite on the road in MetLife against Jake Fromm. Uh, What an experience that will be as the New York Giants quarterback getting his second start of the year. But bet up now market-wide. It is back up to seven, essentially, uniformly across the market with a 37.5, 38-point total. And for a, a team that a lot of respected bettors continued to back Adam through in the New York Giants, who put up a lot of game efforts in, in a lot of underdog spots like this throughout the year, they have they have had that feel of a completely dead dog down the stretch here. The question is, do you now trust a Washington football team out of it as well, laying seven on the road in a divisional game to get the job done here in uh, in Week 18? I actually do. I actually do trust Washington here in this one. Took six and a half earlier on in the week. Nice. As you mentioned, I mean, the, the Giants look like they'd rather be anywhere else. I mean, Joe Judge is making a mockery of himself and of this organization. Earlier this week, 
talk bad about the D.C. area, talk bad about Washington, then has the chance to go to the D.C. media call and says, no, I'm good. I don't want to do this. So, look, Washington is a team that I think is better than their record would indicate. They had a lot of problems early on in the season in third down success rate, and then especially in the red zone. We talk about guys that have a lot of incentive, right? We talked about that with Gardner Minshew in tonight's game for the Eagles. Taylor Heineke's got a lot of incentive, too. I mean, I don't know if he's the long-term answer in Washington. Probably not. And judging by the fact they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would assume they don't think so. But that's a guy who's trying to establish himself as somebody who should be a starting quarterback in the NFL or, at a minimum, a backup that can be trusted. So I think that he's a guy who's very motivated here this week. It's cool for Jake Fromm. It's an awesome story. Good for him. But, I mean, this Giants team is just, they're inept offensively. They defensively, they're okay, but you know they really haven't lived up to the billing on that side of the ball either. I think Washington boat races the Giants here. I think it's an embarrassing performance at home, and it will lead to more questions as to whether or not not only Joe Judge needs to go, but probably Dave Gettleman as well. I am with you uh, in every every sense, everything you you just said. Kind of amazing that Jake Fromm in his first start where he, he looked like somebody in, incapable of completing a forwards pass in the National Football League actually had a 19.5 QB rating which was three times higher than his counterpart, Mike Glennon, this past week, who was a hearty 5.3. In the, kind of amazing that Mike Glennon was over 0.0, for being totally honest, in that game. Uh, I, I just finished reading the, uh, the, the Seth Wilkerson book about the, the Belichick-Brady-Kraft dynasty. Very good book, highly recommended uh, reading, even if you hate the Patriots. It's a very fascinating read. The only thing that Wickersham screwed up in that book, and it was a very well-written, a thoroughly documented history of that, that 20-year dynasty, was it basically at the end talking about the Belichick trees, like you know Joe and, and Joe Judge, who's off to a bright start in New York? And I was like, yeah, maybe the editors could have, maybe on that final revision, they could have been like, you know what, Seth, this book is like literally perfect. Let's just maybe take out that line. Yeah, and that's and why not not good. And that's why too, you know, in a game like this where you're not playing a quarterback of the future, really not playing many pieces of the future at all, I don't think. That's a situation where a team just really doesn't show up. I think the notion of tanking and quitting is pretty overblown mm-hmm. because players, individual players, are going to play for incentives, play for playing time in the future, play for contracts, all that kind of thing. But organizations can tank. They can subtly tank. You know, we talked about that Browns-Bengals game right before the break. The Browns have tremendous incentive to lose this game because next year on the schedule, they'd get the Giants in Jacksonville if they lose this game. So... There's incentive for them to lose. They get a higher draft pick as well. And and you can do things subtly. You know, keep guys out that are injured and stuff like that. I'm not saying the Giants are throwing this game. It's just kind of the situation they've been put into. But also, I don't think there's a big push to win this game. And I think for Ron Rivera, I think Washington makes that push. So I'll, I'll lay the seven. I'll lay the six and a half, but I'd lay seven too. Taylor Heineke needs to take 60% of the snaps and get a Washington win for a $125,000 bonus. Only a million-dollar base salary. So, that's, I mean, that's a quarter of his salary. Yeah. I was discussing with Jeff Parles. We were on a numbers game on Friday morning. I thought, you know, Daniel Snyder is you know, one of the more ruthless individuals running teams. Like, is there is there a scenario where the Washington's up big in the second half and it's, he's like, you know what, Taylor, we're going we're gonna to try to save that $125,000 to maybe not fix our metal <laughs> fencing at uh, at our stadium that uh, that it has raw sewage pouring uh, you know onto the fans and like takes them out early. I could I could potentially see that happening. But regardless, really like that that spot that you're in there and, and for a teaser and a week with only two yeah. traditional long teaser legs and this will probably end up there assuming this gets to seven and a half tomorrow morning. This one does fit the bill uh, bill pretty well with Washington in New York. I, I and real quick I don't know if this matters necessarily, but it is something I kind of thought about 
um, you know, because I also create content. So, you know, sometimes yeah. you got to come up with some things that, you know, can kind of be talking points a little bit. So the new name gets announced February 2nd, right? Uh, obviously, you know, the, the Redskins thing has is clearly a checkered pass and all of that. But this is, you know, the end of that era, the end of the football team, Redskins era and all that. Does it mean anything to the players to go out there and win that final game? I don't know the answer to that, but I guess it's kind of, you know, a talking point to consider at least. I haven't thought about that. I don't know. What, who, what's, the, what's the power rating of name? Because we're down to, what, six finalists? I don't know. What are, admirals? Admirals make some sense, I guess. Yeah, but the Milwaukee Admirals already have that. Yeah. AHL. Yeah. Predators affiliate. Come on. I know. Come on. Oh, I know. I live. Cleveland has an AHL team. I'm sure. I'm sure. The Cleveland, you, seem like the guy who have, you seem like a guy who would have frequented the old AHL scene. I had a buddy that worked for the team, so I never paid for tickets. Nice. So, yeah, I would go pretty frequently. Didn't want to pay for those $10 tickets? Cheap. Okay. That's fair. That's a fair <laughs> statement. Speaking of cheap, I don't know if you could pay me to go to this game tomorrow. Are although talking, it is, are we talking about the Bengals Browns again? No, 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 no. no. Oh. That that does qualify. <laughs> uh, although this game is indoors at least, so that's better. But Bears are at the Vikings in a game that again means nothing. Zilch, nada. Uh, Vikings, hard to believe. I know you mentioned this. You had your betting across America spot earlier this week. You found it pretty amusing that what two, three weeks ago the Vikings were laying a touchdown in Chicago right. on, a, on a Monday night game, and uh, what? Yeah, we're three three weeks later and. This is a line where you see how the Vikings are laying four and at home in a game that earlier in the week was even lower than that. And uh, we've seen some steady Vikings money come up. This actually did touch for a while. Uh, Adam, this got as high as five, five and a half in the market. We weren't sure if Kirk Cousins was going to go. Same thing on the Chicago side with the quarterback standpoint. But Justin Fields, who originally Matt Nagy in, in just true hilarious fashion, said he was going to play his guy only for Fields to then go on the COVID list. So he's out. Andy Dalton is the starter uh, who is in for this game. And it's for some, some shops still at uh, four and a half in the market. It, one of those what if seasons for Minnesota where they, they lose a, a half a dozen games in just absolutely excruciating fashion team that easily could have been well, I mean, comfortably in the playoff picture, if not for a combination of Mike Zimmer's lack of game management, as well as just uh, botches in games. They had basically won the game in down the stretch, but here they are, 7-9 and nine team hosting a 6-10 and 10 Bears team. What do you make of a team like Minnesota that uh, you know, they've been in so many high-stress, high-leverage games all year, and it kind of goes down in a thud with Sean Mannion being forced to step in into their, into their must-win game last week. Now Kirk Cousins coming back. Maybe Mike Zimmer's last game, we don't know. It seems like he could be on his way out. He has no desire to play the potential future franchise quarterback, Kellen Mond, which is pretty hilarious in his own right. So there's a lot of funny things going on in this game, but how do you even begin to cap a situation like this with so many moving parts here? Well, you know, something I just thought about when we were talking, and I really haven't had this thought up until this point. I'm starting to kind of think and talk myself into over 44 here mm. because both of these coaches are gone, or at least that's what it would seem like the case is going to be here. So the players are going to go out there and play for themselves. And when you go out there and play for yourself, you can put up some numbers. So I kind of wonder if there's just a complete and utter lack of discipline in this game where the teams just kind of move the football up and down the field a little bit. Andy Dalton, again, a guy with incentive, a veteran guy trying to find a job. It won't be in Chicago because Fields is the guy of the future. But the one thing I do want to make sure I mention here is Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson needs 124 yards for the single season record as a Viking. It would pass Randy Moss in 2003. His prop line is just dead on his yardage average per game of 94.5 out there at DraftKings. But he needs 124 for the record. He knows it. Kirk Cousins knows it. Adam Thielen's not on the field. He's the wide receiver, too, for the Vikings. 
I don't know how Jefferson doesn't end up with like 15, 16 targets in this game. And he's a good enough route runner to get open against whatever coverage he faces. So I went ahead and, and you know, found a, a good number in town here to play Jefferson over 94 and a half yards because I just think that it's it's Justin Jefferson day for the Vikings. I think Cousins feeds him at will in this game. It is surprising for how, I mean, the books clearly know all these incentives and other targets, and they've juiced up a lot of these prop numbers, but to your point, not really his, which right. I find interesting. Maybe that was, a, I mean, you know, maybe it was the lack of clarity on the quarterback, but I mean, obviously books are going to adjust once they know. You know what now? So I don't know. You, I like the vigor, vim and vigor with that prop. I like that's leading into our, our uh, best best we'll give out at the end of the show. Still four more games for us to get to on the afternoon slate. That's coming up next week 18 of the National Football League here on Beeson Bet Center. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Beth Center on VSN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get beating the book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money, coast-to-coast hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. A couple of score updates as we welcome you back. Games we've not uh, hit on yet. One of the larger upsets of uh, of the night, Adam Burke. How about the Miami Heat? Go into Phoenix, sans Jimmy Butler, and dominate from start to finish as a 10-point underdog, 123 to 100. They were as high as looking at around the market, a 4-1 to money line underdog, and they win this game going away. 123 to uh, 100. So we had a couple. We've had a number of big ups, as always. We've, well, we've had some big upsets tonight, both in the NBA, as we discussed earlier, uh, the college basketball hardwood. Yeah, that's not what I would have expected either because Miami coming back to take on Atlanta in a road mm-hmm. game coming up next, a division opponent coming off of a little bit of a West Coast swing. Would not have expected that from the Heat. So a very impressive performance. And, you know, again, it, it's one of those games to me where people are going to look at it and say, oh, 23-point win, like maybe Phoenix wasn't invested, something like that. To me, it says a lot about a team when they're able to do that, when they've got a game that probably means a little bit more to them on the horizon. So that's one that definitely moves the Heat up a little bit in my mind. Yeah. Uh, game, you were talking about scheduling spots earlier. So so the Nets host the Spurs tomorrow, potentially like a you know, get-back game. They had the disappointing home loss to the Bucks uh, last night. But then they have a COVID makeup game in Portland Monday night 
So they have a home game tomorrow afternoon at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And then we'll go to Portland Monday night to take on the Blazers in a, in a makeup game before going to Chicago Wednesday. Now, I know the, the Kyrie Irving will be rested for all these road games, as you know, weird as that is to say, as a part-time player. But, I mean, that, if there is a... I mean, I can't think of a better scheduling spot, especially if Brooklyn looks good. And they'll probably be... Fav- I mean, P- Portland has yeah, certainly had its struggles. Mm. But that's you know, that's just one to look ahead to. Yeah. And, and not I one love you see very that. often. No, not at all. And, and I love doing things like that. And, you know, look, also, too, you, you start thinking about some teams that... You know, the East Coast had some uh, travel issues, you know, with yeah. the snow and all that. You think about teams that have their travel delayed, players get taken out of rhythm, you know, all kinds of different things that you can look to use from a situational standpoint in the NBA. And, you know, it's not a sport that I follow a ton. So I try to look, I try to cherry pick some of those situational spots to really narrow my focus with handicapping the association. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. The old back, the old New York, Portland back to back. Just your standard. <laughs> Standard operating procedure of the NBA. Uh, we continue on as we go into the late window of week 18 in the National Football League. Four games for us still to get to, then we'll provide our best bets. Carolina and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay now certainly knows what it uh, it has to do, seeing the Dallas Cowboys win tonight, needing to win to at least keep that three-seed positioning. Could move up to the two-spot if the Rams lose to the Niners. As we've discussed, certainly, though, like the, I mean, Bruce Arians and Tampa are probably the best example of any team who... You could slot them anywhere, and they wouldn't really care. I mean, it's nice for them. They've been so good at home this year, 5-2 and two against the number. They've had some absolute blowout affairs in, in their home building this year, but, I mean, they went through it all on the road last year. They I mean, We saw this line at one point on the look-ahead in that, like, 16 range, like some of these other ginormous favorites. Line was essentially cut in half midweek, back up to 9 or 9.5 now today, Adam. And the, really the question is, the confidence level you have to have in Tampa playing its guys and playing them the whole game is what would have to drive a full game, uh, you know, bet on this side, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. For me, this is one of the games where I don't have anything side or total, but you look for creative ways to play things in week 18, because there are a lot of different opportunities out there. We talked in that Packers lions game about, you know, playing first quarter stuff, expecting Aaron Rodgers to be out there for me. I look at this game and I think, okay, whether it's the starting defense or the backup defense for the Buccaneers, how does Carolina score 17 points in this game? Yeah. You know, and then their team total 16 and a half out there in the market. I don't know how they score. You know, as long as and the thing of it is too, the starters will be engaged for as long as they need to be, however long they're out here for Tampa Bay in this game. But then the backups, right? You know that when you've got a Super Bowl caliber type of team, the starters go and get paid somewhere else, and you get your opportunity, or because you've been around that you get your opportunity in free agency. You know, you think about a guy like A.J. Klein, for example, who was on a lot of good teams, then all of a sudden becomes you know at the forefront of the Saints defense after leaving Carolina. There are opportunities out there for guys. So for me, I look at Tampa Bay, and I expect a really strong defensive effort. I don't know how long Tom Brady plays. I don't know how long any of the receivers mm-hmm. play. Obviously, Fournette is still out. But I look at this defense, and I think this defense shows up here, and Carolina's offense has just been putrid throughout the course of the season. Darnold didn't help them any. I think under the team total under 16 and a half for Carolina is a pretty good look here. Uh, Matt Rule announced today he will be coming back for a third year. So Q going into next year, the uh, the recycling of the Matt Rule turnaround graphics in year three at different institutions. I get mentally prepared right now for those, Adam, because we're gonna we're gonna see even more of them next year. Uh, for Matt Rule, we saw the the trends graphic a moment ago. Carolina 0 and six. Their last six against the number. Not only that, Adam, but the last time Carolina covered against a true starting quarterback, a QB number one, Halloween against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. In Atlanta. 
October 31st, the last time Carolina covered a number against a real quarterback, not a backup, which is pretty uh, pretty remarkable. And look, some of the incentives here, too, are, are probably interesting angles I'm sure you've looked at where Rob Gronkowski, seven catches needed for a nice little $500,000 bonus, 95 yards as well for 500K, too. So it's, it's interesting. It's prop 65 and a half receiving yards. It's an interesting one. Uh, Mike Evans needs 54 yards for 1,000, which would be his eighth straight year. Now, his prop, they have jacked up up to 71 and a half on the receiving yards. Either of those uh, interest you at all? The Gronkowski one does because I think it's going to be, depending on how long Tom Brady plays, all the things that Antonio Brown's been complaining about, talking about, all of that, I feel like Brady's just going to go out there and feed Gronkowski like 10 targets in a row. Just like just to prove a point that you know he can do it, especially with, with the way that Brown has reacted to being gone. And, and look, Brady was even kind of like, hey, you know, there's something wrong here. Let's kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. And then Brown treats the situation the way that he has. I just sort of feel like Brady comes out here and goes, well, Gronk's been my guy forever. I'm just going to go ahead and feed him. So that would not shock me if he gets, you know, at least the receptions and and possibly the receiving yards too. I don't think he'll score three touchdowns, but stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. And they have now set those those receiving props. Gronk is at five and a half, but heavy is a look at it. Heavy, heavy juice. uh, Minus a buck 65, you got to lay. Up to the over. Find it interesting on a lot of these props, and I'm you know you can probably speak more to this because I'm not a big prop guy. But it seems to me that instead of adjusting these numbers towards where the money is coming, these books have I've noticed the tendency of just keeping the number the same and juicing the hell out of the actual price you have to lay. Which to me is a better like I'd rather just lay like a three yard worse number and not you know get you know get juiced out of my rear end than actually have to lay up like a buck 65 that's just i don't know that is not doesn't provide me much of an incentive i don't know how you feel on that no i agree that there's nothing i hate more and this happens a lot in like the college football season win total market yeah. we're to be like five and a half like minus 230 on the over and it's like what are we doing move here the damn number to just six move it to six or six not, and a half and and offer hard. a fair price on the juice yeah. I, i'm with you i completely agree you talk about pet peeves in this business that's clearly one of them clearly yeah Part of why I'm not a big props guy. Like, it's just trying to sift through all that. You get so many that you like, and it's like, well, people have bet them, and instead of moving the number, they just they move the juice to a ridiculous level. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But we, we do have other games to get to, so we should we should move on. Uh, we have as well the uh, the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. That is another one of our uh, late window games here at the 425 Eastern kickoff. And this, for a time, Adam, in the market has been the has been throughout the week at certain certain specific times the highest lined game of the week and it is right now 16 or 16 and a half it's all this open 17 respected money on the jets but they do place one of their more you could argue the most dynamic player on the offense Braxton Berrios on the IR yesterday so some of that bills money coming back back up now market wide you see on your screen here 16 and a half that's basically where it is in the market 40 and a half is your total I don't know about you, Adam, but of all of like of the massive, massive favorites this week who are in that win to clinch or get in scenario, and you see how it's pretty simple for Buffalo, just win and you clinch the AFC East. Even with the Barrios injury, I find myself with more confidence on the Jets keeping this thing a game uh, than I do any other of these large, large underdogs. Maybe it speaks to how Robert Sala as head coach has kept these guys live throughout the second half of the year. I understand it's Zach Wilson going into a potential snowstorm and wind in Buffalo. Should, should, I mean, talk me off the ledge because I, I don't know why I'm so in love with this this Buffalo uh, with this Jets play here, getting uh, getting north of basically yeah, 16, 17 points. I will not talk you off the ledge. I'd actually oh, be up wow. there with you, and and right, potentially we'll, we'll be jumping off here following the Jets. Um, again, you know, you've got a Buffalo team here that that has incentive, but at the same time, if they're up 14 in the first half and the Jets aren't doing anything, why do you leave Josh Allen out there? 
It's going to be ugly weather in Buffalo, which is not the least bit surprising. But it's supposed to rain. It's supposed to be really windy. So I know there's some digs, incentives, and all that. I think those will be difficult for him to reach, given the weather conditions here. But why would you put Josh Allen at risk? Why would you put you know guys like Milano and Edmonds at risk and some of the other star, you know, the stalwarts on this defense? I think you try to get ahead, and then you just kind of put it in cruise control and salt the game away. And I think that will allow the Jets to hang around in this one. So I, I actually do like them plus the points in a game that probably is yeah. low scoring. And the one thing the Jets have been able to do really well is run the football. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to end the year a top 15 rush DVOA team for the Bills for their finesse style. They've struggled defending the run at times this year. So to me, Jets can have some success on the ground. Do I worry about the Bills actually losing this game? No. No. Again, this was a part. This is part three of my money line parlay. We're slowly getting all the pieces together. We'll reveal the next one in our next segment. But. I think the Jets, uh, Jets will keep this close uh, tomorrow. We still have two late games to get to before our best bets. We'll do that next right here on VSIN Bet Center. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you the insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. We do have betting splits on every single game. I can attest to that. Ask Adam Burke, writer of our daily vcin newsletter. Uh, you did not lay 30 with Gonzaga, but you know who did? Greg Peterson, who's coming up next on the... Greg Peterson Experience. Oh, you got it right. Look at you. First time in the Bet Center chair, and you you already remembered who I comes know, on right? after us. Very good work. Gonzaga covers, by the way. They won by 34 over Pepperdine. Now, 117-83. One, one that Sounds was a total like, of 156 and, and a half. NBA game. Yeah. Points. They were scored. Are we supposed Many to be concerned they gave up 83 points? Um, uh, no. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know. Pepperdine. They're a real team. Lorenzo Romar. <laughs> They're a real team. They are a Division One basketball team. As opposed to a fake team. So congratulations to Greg on that. And here more, Greg will be talking more college basketball for Sunday, as well as his thoughts on the NFL Week 18 slate, of which we still have two games to get to. And and then, we're not going to talk about the Browns game again, Adam. Thank you. We've, we've talked we, about we it could, Actually, we will in the last segment. Uh-oh. So. Well, just a... Preview of uh, Adam's tease, best bet. We have Patriots-Dolphins, though, still to get to. That's our final AFC game. Then we'll switch over to Cardinals and Seahawks, our final NFC game. Uh, so Patriots and Dolphins, we've seen the line here. Today, Adam, a little uh, money coming in further on the Dolphins, moving this to basically six market-wide. It was six and a half earlier in the week. Your total right at 40. I've sent some normally on, on the surface would seem like a spot where a lot of people would, would want to be all over New England. Miami exposed as a, a fairly fraudulent team with the utter beatdown they suffered at the hands of Tennessee last week. But you think about the history and the games, the number of times Bill Belichick has struggled in this particular venue against Miami. And I sense a little trepidation from betters out there, not necessarily wanting to just run to the window and, and lay the six with uh, with New England. Am I am I am I in the ballpark there on the general sense? You've you felt at least with uh, with a game like this that uh, certainly stakes are high, New England needing a win and a Bills loss to win the AFC East. Otherwise, they will be one of those wildcard teams. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can totally understand the trepidation here. And uh, real quick, before we dig into the handicap too much, Damian Harris, 108 yards away from 1,000. So maybe that's one you want to take a look at out there in the prop market if Bill Belichick decides to feed him. And I know Ramondre Stevenson's been 
in and out of the lineup for the most part. So Harris probably going to be your bell cow guy has a chance at a thousand yard season. When I look at this game, it's one where I feel like it's low scoring. I feel like this is going to be an under type of game where the Patriots should be okay against Tua. I would think Jalen Waddle is really the only weapon that he's got in this offense. And the Dolphins defense is still pretty good. I know last week, Tennessee kind of took them to the woodshed a little bit, but I still believe in this Dolphins defense. I believe in Brian Flores, who I think takes games like this very seriously against guys that, you know, have kind of mentored him guys who's been on the staff or at least been connected to in some way. I do think the Dolphins play hard here, even though they don't really have anything at stake. And for the Patriots, do you want to trust them to win this game by margin when I feel like for Belichick, it's just sort of a win and get out type of scenario. So for me, I think you could justify taking the six with Miami. It is one where I'm kind of leaning towards the under a little bit. Could be some weather considerations here, possibly a little bit of wind in this game, but nothing pre-flop for me as of yet. I really want to be betting the under at, at 40. I mean, it is a lower total, and that's the only kind of thing holding me back. Uh, but I'm totally with you. I mean, you have two teams who are top 10 defenses who have been very good against the pass, both top seven. Uh, if there's been a weakness for the Dolphins, like we've, we've seen Tennessee show this, you can run on them, which is a, certainly a strength of New England. But having said all, all of that, I definitely imagine if, if, I got, if I were to pick a side, it would be Miami in a spot like this. Uh, the question, too, becomes the scoreboard-watching element of it because really the only thing at stake for New England is the Buffalo result. And if they, I mean, a game that is such a uh, a high line, uh, you, you can see how, you know, obviously the one seed would then also have to, uh, which did not, would obviously not happen because Kansas City already won. So you can throw that out the window and it essentially becomes much simpler on the New England side. They got to win and have the Bills lose. How much of that do you factor into from, from a full game uh, handicap? I mean, you think about Bill Belichick, he doesn't seem on the surface to be the type of guy who's just going to be like, oh, well, Bills are up 17. We're just pulling all our guys. Like that, I don't get that sense from him in a game like this. Uh, however, you definitely think like if Buffalo's down in the second half, they all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, the impetus will already be great and, and effort great, but that would certainly go up to another notch. You would have to imagine for the Patriots making given that the Bills are laying so many points, making the thought of them covering a full six a little bit harder to, to maybe stomach. Yeah, absolutely. And like we talked about with the Bills and the Jets game, I feel like Buffalo wants to start fast, put it in cruise control, kind of put that game away. If they're able to do that, yeah, Belichick doesn't seem like that guy. But at the same time, as I mentioned, Stevenson's been in and out of the lineup. I think he also had a stint with COVID, but he's kind of been hurt and banged up. The Patriots are not talent rich on offense. They don't have a ton of weapons. So for me, if I'm in a scenario where I look at the Buffalo score and they're up comfortably and I don't really have a chance to win the division or anything like that, I'm probably not giving the ball to Damian Harris a lot. It'll probably be Brandon Bolden or you know somebody yeah. else. So that's the thing is, as you're watching this game, as you're watching these scenarios play out, we wouldn't think of Belichick being like that, but also I think he's well aware that th these are not the Patriots teams that he previously had. He's not just oozing talent sure. everywhere. This is a team that's pretty limited, and they need everybody at full strength to have any chance in the playoffs. Keep in mind, assuming Colts win, if the Patriots lose, if the Patriots lose and the Chargers were to win, Patriots would be your six seed going to Cincinnati as opposed to Buffalo as the, as mm -hmm. the five seed likely going to the four. If the Raiders win, you could see the Patriots fall to the seven and go to Tennessee. I don't know about you. If, if, don't you think if you're Bill Belichick, isn't the matchup better if you're going to either Tennessee or Cincinnati than, than potentially uh, Buffalo, who obviously exposed a lot of things in that last matchup in Foxborough? Yeah, for sure. And and that's the thing, too. You think about gamesmanship. You know, is there 
is there a preferred matchup that maybe these coaches, obviously it's out of Belichick's control what that matchup ends up being, but you, know, you certainly, there are, I, if I can play the Patriots instead of the Colts, I'd love to do that. If I can play the Titans instead of the Chiefs or the Bengals, I'd love to do that. So there, there are some of those implications too. Right. And the other one that's kind of similar to in the NFC side is Arizona, who plays at the same time as the LA Rams. Rams lose, that would open the door for Arizona to potentially, after their, their mid to late season swoon, come back and after all that actually take the NFC West crown if they can beat Seattle. Uh, we saw this early in the four and a half, five range, got quickly bet up here to Seattle up to about six and a half. Has come down though. So market respect here for the Seattle Seahawks down to five and a half as we sit right now market wide with your total in that 47 and a half to 48 range. To me, the fact that we already saw Seattle rule out a Bobby Wagner, who, along with Jamal Adams, really the two heartbeats of that Seattle defense, pretty pretty thin group behind those two. So they are now both out. Uh, the, the losses for Arizona, Rondale Moore, one of their stud wide receivers already ruled out. James Conner will be questionable, limited all week with a heel injury, with Chase Edmonds, the second running back, already ruled out. So both teams will be less than 100%. In, in a game where we just saw Seattle put up 50 in probably the last Russell Wilson game at home against the Lions last week, Arizona getting right in that upset win at Dallas. The five and a half, very interesting game for me. I, I do really like the Cardinals in this spot. They'll put them in a money line parlay here, trusting them to win the game outright. Uh, because to me, in a, in a matchup like this, like they, they do match up really well. A team that's been top six passing the ball all season against a bottom five pass defense in Seattle who is even thinner now than they were in that first meeting when, remember, Colt McCoy threw the ball all over him in Seattle when Seattle was still well in contention. So I'm not, I'm a, been a little bit confused as to the love around Seattle this week, moving that line back, back, uh, back the other way. Not sure how you, how you feel on that one, Adam. Yeah. I like Arizona here too. Not only is the offensive matchup good for them, but also this Cardinals defense has graded very well from DVOA and a lot of the advanced metrics throughout the course of the year. Seattle's just, I think last week was the game for Seattle. Russ at home, possibly being the last game, knowing that there's going to be some transition, whether it's Russ or with other parts of the team here over the summer. I think that was the game for Seattle. That was kind of the one where they let it all hang out. And now I don't know what kind of effort we actually get from them here in this game. I think Arizona minus the five and a half is a good play. I don't really get the the buyback coming in on Seattle for this one. But look, also for Arizona too, I mean, they had that really nice win last week over the Cowboys. But prior to that, they had really struggled. And I, and I think there's an onus here put on playing well in this game with Cliff Kingsbury getting his team ready looking like the team that they're supposed to before they head into the postseason because they spent so many weeks not looking like that team. So I think there's a little bit of incentive here that can kind of get this team focused and engaged for this matchup. Yeah, I don't know if part of it is I mean, Arizona has been so good on the road this year, 7-1 and one versus 4-5 uh, 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 or 3-4 and four at home, like is, which is kind of weird that people are like, oh, they want to, they'd actually rather just go on the road. All Like, come on. doesn't mean anything. Uh, one quick prop thing in the last prop we'll discuss here. A.J. Green needs 75 yards for a nice little $250,000 payday. 53 and a half is his, uh, is his prop. Is that an interesting one uh, for you at all, given what we just talked about, banged up Seattle defense? It is an interesting one, but it's not the last prop we'll talk about because I'll have Boom. one on this game in the best bet section coming Bad. up next. What we call a tease. Oh, yeah, right. In the business. <laughs> We're teaching Jeff Harl something when he comes back to the desk. Hey, Jeff, that's how you, that's how you tease up your best bets. We've had two straight weeks of the Jeff I Have Nothing graphic, which is a great graphic. 
but we're not going to throw it out this week because we do have we have bets for us. We will discuss on the other side in our final segment of Vison Bet Center. That comes your way next before we hand off the baton to the Greg Peterson Experience. All right here on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, Big Dance Special, provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails. 24-7 video access to the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Yes, through April 5th, which, believe it or not, Adam Burke, that is through the NCAA tournament, which is basically uh, two months and like a week away. Where is the title game this year? Do you know? I have no idea. That's what we have Ortega back there for. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll come in our ear and let us know. All I know, I mean, I I will be calling conference championship uh, or or conference tournament games in Las Vegas, which Vegas, I mean, absolute spot to be for. I know for you, just moving here, spot yeah. to be for college basketball. Whack, Big West, Mountain West, Pac-12, WCC, all going on at the yep. same time. Yeah, I will not be sleep. Them, right? I will not be sleeping much. Uh, no. That entire week. Really hot take, like incendiary take. I prefer conference tournaments to March Madness from a betting standpoint. There, I mean, I only from I, a betting standpoint. Only, for, I mean, conference tournaments are awesome. New Orleans, by the way, according to Brian Ortega, okay. Caesar Superdome specifically is okay. your uh, Final Four championship destination. Monday night college uh, football playoff national championship game as well. As we go to our best bets uh, for uh, for us, Week 18 of the NFL. Adam, if there's anything also on the college football side of things, since this is the last time we'll, I know we'll, we'll, we'll read a column of yours, VEASAN Daily Newsletter, going to come out Monday with, uh, some, with some thoughts on the national title game, but we can include those here because we don't really have any rules on this show. We just, you know, we freestyle, we wing it. But what do you like, guy, here for, for tomorrow and then into Monday? Well, I have enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me Absolutely. here tonight. It's been a blast. Um, yeah, I will be writing something over at VEASAN.com, taking a look at more of the player props as they get posted. It's a very limited amount of offerings here so far. 
But as we get some more, I will put some more out there. And a couple that I mentioned earlier on in the show, or at least one that I mentioned, Brian Robinson over 20 and a half receiving yards was one that I liked for the national championship game. Also looking at James Cook over 20 and a half receiving yards. Waiting on Slade Bolden receptions. He'll probably be the second option, I think, in the passing game for Alabama. So I'm waiting on a number to come out for that. So those will be three that I'm looking at here so far. As far as the NFL goes, uh, I mean, we we talked about this game already. I We talked about every game, I guess. But I yeah. have no idea how the Browns are five-point favorite. I just I think more guys will be announced out by the time we actually get to kickoff for this one. I do not trust the fact that Nick Chubb is apparently playing. I don't really believe that, and if he does, I think he's very much on a snap count. I don't think Miles Garrett plays, so I, I think this Browns defense is going to look like a skeleton crew, uh, and their backups that have not played well when they've had COVID issues and those different types of things. So Bengals plus five is one for me. Also, the Justin Jefferson prop that we talked about earlier, over 94.5 receiving yards, needs 124 to have the single-season record for the Vikings. I think he probably gets there. I think Kirk Cousins will force-feed him the football if he has to. So I like that one. And I teased it right before the break. We were talking about that Seahawks and 49ers game. So DK Metcalf is going for a 1,000-yard season here. And DK Mm. Metcalf, there are six Seahawks that have multiple 1,000-yard seasons. Steve Largent, Brian Blades, Daryl Jackson, Doug Baldwin, Joey Galloway, and Metcalf's teammate, Tyler Lockett. Metcalf... Over 56 and a half is the receiving yards I'm looking at here. He needs 91. And as we talked about already, I think Seattle trails a lot in that game against Arizona. And when you're talking about player props, you want to think about game state. You want to think about what the team has to do because of what the game situation dictates. Because I think Seattle is going to trail a lot, I think Russell Wilson has to throw a lot, and Metcalf will be the guy that gets open. So over 56 and a half as he tries to get to 1,000 for this year. One of those last dance type games, possibly Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf too. You could, I mean, we've we've also seen him. Like, it's funny how the Seahawks waited till they were out of contention to start force feeding him the ball. Right? Yeah, like, no kidding. What a novel concept. We have this generational wide receiver. We're gonna we're gonna feed to first eleven games, seventy six targets for Metcalf. Last five games, forty two targets. Unreal, amazing how that works. Uh, so those are the I love it. The best bets. So I don't. We we need to get a graphic for you next time though, Adam, because we've got Benny and the bets. I like Which it. Yes, we've had look. We've had multiple iterations of this graphic. There was one where I was photoshopped on uh, Elton John's head, which I thought was great. In, you, in, you in, glasses in, in, and in everything. A, yes, glasses, sequin jacket. Okay. I don't know why that was like a one and done thing, but we do have Benny in the bets. Great graphic. Uh, so we are going four way money line parlay. This is the first and last time I will be making a four team money line parlay. <laughs> but it's week eighteen. It is a weird week in the NFL. Everything else I do will be in game uh, this week. I think that's only to me. It's the only way you can outside of the prop market, as you mentioned, Adam. The only way you can have a, a lot of confidence is playing this stuff in game. So I went. So look. So the, the the first three: Bills, Colts, Titans. Those are the three massive, massive favorites, all with a lot to play for. I just do not see, even though I do like the Jets actually, you know, with the points at sixteen and a half, you know, sixteen. I do not see a way any of those three teams lose the game. Just do not see it. Those three together, by the way, are about minus two fifty. So realistically, like, are you going to play a three-team parlay laying two fifty? No. Where your fourth dance? Your your rarely seen fourth dance partner is what we're looking for, Adam. And of all of these so, sort of lower spread teams, the Arizona Cardinals is one that we we just discussed. I like the most. Interesting, you know, I played this pretty early in the week at about minus one eleven, you know, similar to just a standard flat bet, Adam, uh, with the thought that as more and more people put those big favorites in parlays. 
that juice is just going to keep getting out of hand. And, and they would, instead of really moving the spread, they would just jack up the money lines even more. In fact, though, with some of the movement we mentioned, the, the Seahawks movement, that same parlay, if you played at Circa, which has the best numbers, uh, you know, at least combined, plus 104 right now. So you can get plus money. Regardless, plus 104, minus 111, basically a, a near even money bet on those four outcomes tomorrow is the thing I have the most confidence in of anything, at least for this week, Adam. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. And again, you know, you're talking about the big spreads where the second halves of those games may not matter all that much. I do think that in the Titans-Texans game, the second half matters, but Mm -hmm. I could see it not mattering at all uh, in that Colts-Jaguars game or that Jets-Bills game. So, you know, rather than lay some big number, we talked about the derivatives you could play. You could play the first quarter. You could play the first half, stuff like that. But, yeah, you're getting, you know, a plus-money ticket. And obviously the one with the most risk is the lowest line with this Seahawks and Cardinals game, but you and I are both very confident in the fact that the Cardinals not only win this game, I think they cover it, and you were kind of on that same track as well. I think I would worry more of those four about, wouldn't you say Tennessee Titans? would be the one you'd worry about the most? Yeah. Wait, just because, like we've seen, Houston has right. been... Houston could easily be leading this game at halftime. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, and the problem is you take a really... They're a good defensive team, but they're not a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. And and it's the bad offensive teams that you worry about in those big favorite roles. And, I mean, we saw what happened, we've had, what's happened before when they've kind of panicked and all of a sudden the turnovers start piling up. They had five of them in the first meeting against Houston. Granted, that was on a you know, sloppy, wet track in Tennessee. This one will be um, on the turf uh, there in, uh, in Houston. So those are our best bets. We do as, as kind of a thank you to you, Adam. And also, look, this is kind of to help our viewers and listeners because you give us great insights every day on the VEASAN Daily Newsletter. So we want to share some of those here. Uh, but we've got also you know, a new, uh, new legal betting audience, even though... We could probably all, you know, agree. Nobody in the state of New York likely placing their first legal sports wager with the newest state to uh, be legal. I mean, those are all bettors who have been going to New Jersey for some time. So likely they have some familiarity with sports betting in general. But I know you've got some tips for from the newer bettors. And I know, obviously, our, as our audience continues to grow, we've got a lot of people in the great state of New York uh, watching us here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the, there are a lot of things that you want to keep in mind, a lot of things that you can do to increase your chances of actually having success with this. And one of them being, and you and I talked about this specifically with the prop market for the national championship game, is line shopping. You know, being able to have multiple sportsbook accounts so that you can get the most advantageous number. Don't settle for a minus 120 when you could find minus 110. Don't settle for a prop bet at 86 and a half yards when you could find 82 and a half yards. You know, these are things that are really important for you to be able to line shop and be able to have some opportunities to get the best numbers that are out there. Also, with a new market like New York and also with new sports books popping up in a lot of different states, make sure you're leveraging your sign-up bonuses. You know, find the good ones. I know somebody who was back east visiting family. There was a 30-1 to on a team to win its college football playoff semifinal game with a $5 maximum bet. So you take Alabama, you get them at 30-1 to instead of minus 500 all of a sudden you got an extra $150 to play with. So those are things that you can definitely use to your advantage to kind of build up your bankroll a little bit. And then also to you know, do your research. You know, there are plenty mm-hmm. of places out there to review the sports books, kind of find out what's happening with them, find the ones that fit your style, find the promotions that are best for you. Some of them have like no juice Fridays in the NFL. That's a really, really good promotion to keep in mind. So 
a lot of different things that you can do to try and set yourself up for success. And I think that's something that new betters absolutely need to do. Yeah. Look for, you know, for those of us who've been you know, around for a while, sports betting, like the stuff seems obvious, but when you think about it, like a lot of it's kind of like fundamentals with everything. You kind of have to do it for it to be ingrained and it takes, you know, practice and you know, hammering it in uh, to, to think that way. So very good stuff. Thank you for taking four hours out of your Saturday night to hang out with us on the desk. Absolutely, man. We appreciate it. This was a blast and uh, good luck with the week 18 bets. Absolutely. And thanks to Mikhail for the pizza. That, Mikhail. Yeah. Big, big-time MVP. Coming through clutch. Mikhail. Oh, these four hours. Yeah, you got to have the sustenance. Uh, coming up next, a guy who never sleeps or needs any sustenance. It's uh, Greg Peterson, the Greg Peterson experience. Coming up next as we say so long. For Adam Burke, I'm Ben Wilson. Good luck with all your Week 18 NFL bets as we say goodnight from VSIN Bet Center. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 